Listening to Free to Be, a conversation to help you discover, accept, and express your authenticity so you can fully experience the freedom to be you. I'm your host, Luca Petrucci, and welcome to this safe and affirming space. Hello and welcome, friends and new friends. It's Luca. My pronouns are he, him. And welcome to Free to Be, or welcome back. It's been a minute since I've released an episode, but we are back, baby. Hey, guess where I'm at right now? I'm on my couch. I just got back from Vaughn's. Walked there. I got some toothpaste and brown sugar Pop-Tarts because homeboy has a sweet tooth. (laughs) I hope you're having a good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are right now. And... A word from our sponsor, make sure to take care of yourself. I know so many of us are are, are used to being um, selfless and putting others first, but what I'm learning is the most important job we have is to take care of our mental and emotional health. Like, we can't fully help others to our highest capacity if we don't take care of ourselves. So this week, at least do one thing that fills your cup, that brings an ear-to-ear smile to your face, that sparks joy, that makes you laugh. In this episode, we are going to be talking a lot about that. But it's just something that like, Dang, when you're in the work, when you're leading students, when you're leading a family, when you're leading communities, like, gosh, it's easy to let the things that help you feel your best, like, slip away or be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And next thing you know, there's like all this anxiety or sadness or anger or resentment or unforgiveness or whatever the thing is. So make sure to do something that brings a little like lightness and, and ease to your life. I'm sending you a huge hug of love. And today's episode is with a newer friend of mine. We, we first met on Instagram last October. And then we met in person in December in San Francisco at the National Conference for Student Activities. And gosh... James Lehman is the king. He is a major sleigh. And this conversation today, oh my goodness gracious, it may spark some tears. It will spark some laughter. So James, James is just one of those humans that every interaction you have with him, you leave better. You leave more empowered. You leave more connected to your authenticity. And in this episode, we dive into the through lines that connect each of us together. You know, the things that connect every single human on this planet, the people that you have the same beliefs with or you agree on things with, and also the people that you have very, very diverse beliefs that your human experience is very different. So we're going to talk all about that. We talk about the life-changing wisdom his mom shared with him six weeks before she passed away. We dive into what we can all learn from kids, Costco sample attendants, and death. We also talk about being present to the glimmers in our lives. And glimmers are the opposite of triggers, things that trigger us. We talk about the journey of loving the parts of ourselves that we're so nervous for others to see and love and how we each can choose to be true change makers in our sphere of influence because we all have different ones. We all have different families and friends and communities and we are all self-leaders of our lives and these communities. So your words, your 
story, your voice is so important to use and share. And we talk about that. So James, a little bit about James. James Layman, his pronouns are he, him, is the director of the Association of Washington Student Leaders. And he also serves on the board of directors for the National Association for Student Activities. He attended Eastern Washington University, focusing on music education, psychology, and African-American history. He taught band and marching band throughout Spokane, Washington, before joining the Association of Washington Student Leaders Team. He is a sought-after keynote speaker, curriculum writer, equity consultant, and program facilitator throughout Washington State and beyond. And I hope you can feel love ignited within you as you listen to this conversation. Because, oh my gosh, it just felt like a freaking huge, huge hug of love, of peace, and just of oh, being so present to the, the joy of the now. Enjoy this episode. James, thanks so much for taking the time to be here with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Ever since our last conversation, I have been thinking a lot about many things you said. And one question that I have for you, and I would love to hear... uh, to hear you share it in your words, because when you first shared this in your words, I was like, oh my gosh, you put language to a feeling inside of me that I couldn't bring language to, which was around the word glimmer. So can mm-hmm. you explain what glimmer yeah. means to you and just why it's important to be aware of the glimmers in each of our lives? Yeah, well, I, I actually, so the day that we, talked was literally like literally that morning i was on instagram and just scrolling through just looking at things and i stumbled upon this and i found it again and um and it was about this word glimmer and it stopped me in my tracks and so i'll read what i read that day and then i'll tell you kind of what it means um so it said today i learned about a term called a glimmer which is the opposite of a trigger Glimmers are those moments in your day that make you feel joy, happiness, peace, or gratitude. Once you train your brain to be on the lookout for glimmers, those tiny moments will appear more and more. And for me, it was just like in a world that can be so negative, right? And I'm somebody who really tries to live in a space of gratitude and look for, I don't want to, like, I'm not like blind to or naive to negative things, but I'm always somebody who looks for positive things just because I love how that makes me feel. Right. And um, so it kind of gave me permission to always remind myself to look for glimmers in my day, people, stories, experiences that just fill um, my heart and fill my cup and just fill me up in like an internal hug, right? Like neosporin for the soul, right? Just that, that, that feeling of just like, oh, it feels good, right? To, when you think of a funny story, even from like elementary or middle school or high school, or just a person that makes you feel that way, right? And so, um, you know, as adults, we get busy and we can get bogged down with all the adult things that we (laughs) have to reconcile every single day. And so I just have, really started to live a practice of looking looking out for glimmers every single day whether it's oh that reminds me of that person or that makes me think about this or a story or whatever and um it, i i think it's it's been one of the most positive things that i've ever done and now i just look for glimmers every single day mm. one thing that you shared there about you like to look for things that are positive because how they make you feel mm-hmm. and growing up being someone who learned toxic positivity and to be happy, to be, to be grateful. You know, I, I'm, I'm 
allowing myself to feel all those emotions. And, and I, I love what you just said there is like, each of us are the only people that are feeling all that's happening within our human experience. Like we are with ourselves every single second, you know? So like, I, I love what you just said there because I'm learning that taking care of our mental and emotional health is the most important job we have. And as you share that, I'm like, oh my gosh, being present to the glimmers is like a, a hug to our mind and our emotions. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I am not like this toxic positivity, right? We've all heard the studies about that. Right. And that's not me. I'm very, I'm very much a realist. <laughs> like when things are bad, they're right. And like, I, I do all of that, right? I feel all of those things. I'm not naive to those. I, I experience those. I work through those. I process those. But I also know for me, um, you know, when I was a kid, we took Flintstones vitamins every single day, right? 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 Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, was, same. Those are same. Right? I'm good. Right? And that was like the thing, right? Because it helps, makes you strong. It makes you healthy. Well, I know for me to be internally strong, to be healthy, I need glimmers in alignment with me. Like for me, that is a, a form of healing. That's a form of my daily vitamin is to have moments of glimmers, which doesn't negate the, the real, real things that are going on that are sad, bad, whatever. But I also know for me to balance myself out, to feel, to feel fulfilled internally. I also need glimmers, right? So I know some people, um, look at that like that's a very Pollyanna way to look at it's for me it's not it's it's my form of self-care <laughs> it's it's a form of healing it's a form of being in tune with my needs right and um so glimmers help me and they level me out and um make me smile every day they make me laugh every day um sometimes make me you know um uh, uh, reflect on people, right? Which might be a little sad, but it also it's a cool moment of like I'm thinking about that person that maybe is no longer here, but that reminded me of them, right? And mm. um, but that's still a glimmer because I'm thinking about somebody who brings me joy and brings me love and makes my heart smile, right? So I I, I look at it as just as important as taking Flintstones vitamins. <laughs> it, it's just. How you express that is such a, a great practical picture of the both and life of like, yes, there are these realities in the world and that you experience with your human experience, which I fully can't understand. There's parts of you and I that we relate and there's parts that, you know, I, I, I beginning to know you, there's, we have such unique expressions, but just to like hold both of those, because the other day I was ta talking to my, one of my best friends, Marco, and I was like, this adulting thing, like this thing that we wanted for so many years, like, I just want to go back to being ignorant at times and just being in that bliss state you know and like th there's moments that i just i love the freedom of being adult but there's moments i'm like damn i wish i wasn't so self-aware yeah well the thing i love about like watching people right and kids like when we think about kids they get they get hyped up on the most in like the dumbest thing like they could find a leaf and it will make their entire day They'll find a rock and it'll like make their entire day. They'll tell one joke and one person will laugh at it. And that joke becomes their life for the next 48 hours. Right. And I think as adults, we've talked ourselves out of small things being important. And it's all of these really big things that we always have to focus on bills, blah, blah, blah. And we, we forget that, Hey, sometimes it's the smallest things can make the most profound impact. And so to me, that's what glimmers are, right? They're the, they're small things every day that I can just be like, man, you know, for everything that's not going well, I have this, or I had this. And, and it's like kids who find a leaf, right? Or the kids who, 
who just run the really cool rock and they're super jazzed about it and they're it just makes their day why do we as adults need to forget that right and and not also have those cool moments yeah you're making me think of a belief that i've been questioning asking myself is this mine or is this my moms or my grandparents or societies and it's around children you know for so many years i had this dream which i learned wasn't mine to have kids marry a wife get the home like i was so stuck on that and as i released women are amazing and they're some of my best friends I love men. Men are sexy. Uh, it just, you know, I'm gay. Um, I have been thinking about, okay, do I want kids? You know, I am such a feeler, you know, and I'm constantly changing. This belief could change, but I'm really thinking like, as of now, I don't. And I still see the importance of being around kids. And, and I, I think that's why I love working with middle school, high school, and college students weekly because it's just that energy. And I feel that they may not call it glimmers, but like what you're saying, it's they are so present yeah. to the good that's happening now. And, and I know you have been in the impact of students for a long time as currently the executive director of Association of Washington Student Leaders, like, do you feel it's important for every human to have some type of access point to children to support them? Mm, I, th I think it's important to not forget that we were all children, more so than it is necessarily proximity to children that we all had curiosities and we all had, you know, when I, when I was 13, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that didn't happen, right? But, the, but that was, I had permission to believe in that for myself, right? Um, that I had permission to try things and fail and I had um, wonder and, and all those like things. Like I love... I have nieces and nephews, right? Like I don't have my own kids and that's for me, that's not part of my plan. Right. But I, I get to learn through them and, and remind myself like, you know what? I was also super jazzed about that at one point in my life. And now being 38, like it might not be as cool to me, but reminding myself that kids have wonder and curiosity and, and it helps me be more empathetic. Right. And be more like, in tune. And so I think just remembering that we were all kids and, and not forgetting that kid, like I keep using the word wonder, but I, I think that's the most appropriate word wonder for the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I, I think that's why I go to skip at Disneyland like a couple times a month. It's just that like igniting, like it's, it's honoring that inner child, and why do you feel like for so many of years of my life, I, you know, when I became a, a young adult, I like didn't even think about my inner child. Like, why do you feel that a lot of people forget about, forget that their child is within them? Because the way that our world works, we, when you're, as soon as you're 12 and 13, we start talking about life after high school. We start talking about getting a job. We start talking about work. We start comparing school to work. We start saying, you can't be late for school because one day you're going to have a job and you can't be late to that, right? We start comparing everything to adultism rather than kidism. Everything becomes about, you got to prepare for your future. You got to prepare for your future. You got to prepare for your future. We don't really have conversations of, hey, do you remember what it was like just to have fun and laugh all day do you remember what it was like just to like not have a care in the world we do adults do it now and they're in funny memes every single day where we where we joke <laughs> about it right and i see them every day but we 
don't have those conversations. So I think it starts by middle school because what does every conversation revolve around? Your future, right? And rather than, so by the time that you're 18, you've had five or six years of nonstop conversation about your future. And we don't, we don't celebrate the kid, right? And why do when I go to schools now, middle school kids and high school kids want to have field day again? Because they want to feel like kids and just laugh and not have worries, right? And so I think it starts middle school age where we always start doing is talking about the future. Yeah, it's, I was interviewing some students part of a program with Fresno Unified School District in California. And I was asking them about this summer program that they were a part of. And I was like, you know, what is your favorite part? And they were like, recess, crafts, you know, it's just like, it's it's a go-to. And like an older version of me would have been like, oh my gosh, like, why? Like, no, like that's amazing. But like, I'm interviewing you f- to highlight this Office of African-American Academic Acceleration summer program about inviting parents and teachers and future students to be part of it, you know, share like some of the curriculum and and that growth. But as I was rewatching those videos this week, I'm like, oh my gosh, when I am freaking stressed out or in a funk, I know I need to get out of my place and move my body, ride my longboard, get some sunshine, connect with a friend. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those are the things that happen at recess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We have a whole, we in Washington, we have a whole program called Reimagining Recess, which works with adults on here's how we can make recess engaging and fun. And my favorite part of it is we, we have adults playing again because we forget to play and we need it. Right. And so to me, glimmers also relate to play because it's like kind of play for my mind and play for my spirit. <laughs> Right. Of reliving funny stories or jokes or whatever. Right. And so, yeah, play is incredibly important. Yeah, I I agree. Oh, I just. Yeah, I I so I so agree. As I'm growing up, I'm like, I cannot ever forget play because a laugh can be heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. James. When was there a moment in your life that you forgot this? H- has this always been part of your your persona, or was there a time where you dimmed your wonder and play? College. I, I'm not, you know, college for me was the most miserable time of my entire life. I was miserable, miserable, um, to the point that um, my mom you know, before she passed away when I was 23, one of our last conversations with her, she told me that, uh, that she was really concerned for me because I lost my smile. She's like, I just miss your smile and you've lost it. Right. And so I was miserable partially because I, you know, I school for me up until then was always fun. Like I always was able to find fun through school and I didn't have that in college. College was not um, fun for me in a lot of ways. And so did not have that. If you met James from 19 to 22, 23, not, this was not me. Right. And, um, so I had to spend a lot of time in my late twenties and early thirties sort of realigning myself and, and, and giving myself a lot of permission to, to find what makes me happy. Right. And I'm, James at 38 is not James from 20 years ago at 18, who was miserable in college. But so yeah, college for me was not, was not it. And I think it's just a lot of that. I felt disconnected. I didn't feel connected to people. I didn't feel, uh, what connection wasn't or didn't organically happen for me. Like it did in, in junior high and high school. Um, and a lot of it was just me figuring out who I was, right? And so, but there, there was a that was a time in my life where that was definitely <laughs> the James sitting here is was not the James of there. Hmm. What was the shift? Um, I think a lot of it just getting older and and one, 
um, I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because I feel like we, we tell people, like, don't care what people think. We all care what people think. We do. Like, that's just, and, and, I, and I think it's a, <laughs> it can be a dangerous narrative to put out there. But I think I learned to love the parts of myself that I didn't, that I was really nervous about letting people love. And, and, and so part of it was just me grounding myself and, you know, James is a pretty cool person <laughs> and James is a cool mm. person, not, not because he does this or he does this or whatever, but James as a human being is a cool person. And that, that took me into my thirties to, to, to recognize that and to, really be anchored in that that was not an overnight thing that was a lot of <laughs> a lot of years of um pretending and a lot of years of exploration and a lot of years of you know who is who's the james that other people are really gonna like rather than who's the best james for james and the people who are gonna like that awesome and the people who maybe they that doesn't align with them okay but here's the group of people who are about that um but it took time it took time that was not <laughs> that was not just a snap of my fingers oh i'm there now a lot of years yeah wow what was there like a specific moment that you can remember of being like dang my mom just told me that you know i lost my smile like I'm learning in my life. It's sometimes the darkest before the dawn. There's like yeah. that, that moment, like I, I'm curious for you, if there was like a specific moment or multiple moments where you were like, I, I can't live my life in this way anymore. Well, I remember when she said it and I, like, I, I remember it, that day vividly and she passed away probably like six weeks after that. Wow. Um, but I remember when she said it in so many ways, it gave me permission that what I was feeling was not just me that now it wasn't just an internal feeling that externally people were recognizing it too. And it was also like, you know what? I miss my smile too. <laughs> right? Like you're right. I, I have lost it, right? So now it's like, now I need to go find it, right? And so in so many ways, it set me on a path to, and even now, like I, I, I'll never forget that conversation. And so now I, my life is really aligned to what, what makes me smile. And if it doesn't, I'm not going to do things that are going to cause me to lose my smile. And um, so in so many ways, it gave me that one conversation, which was not at <laughs> a peak moment of my life, but it, 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 it gave me a moment to like, I don't want to feel this. Mm. What does make me smile? Okay. This does. Okay. Well, let me inch a little closer towards that. This person does. Let me move closer towards that. Right. And so, um, but I remember it vividly. I remember it vividly. So that, that was a very, um, poignant moment and just, you know, being, realizing now 38 my mom didn't get to see that my mom my mom doesn't get to see me now right like when she passed i was at a pretty low moment so she doesn't get to from the mom point of view see james super happy and and all the things that i am now but i know i know she's with me and i know that she gets to see it from the best seat in the house. Right. Um, so I'm just very in tune to what makes me smile and what doesn't. And, and I try to just internally live my life that way. Other people might not recognize that, but for me, Oh, this person makes me smile. That's a cool thing. This thing makes me smile. Okay. That's a cool thing. Oh, this doesn't. Okay. Well, I'm just going to inch away from it. Right. And, um, for me, it's been a great, like just, practice and i now i'm as happy as ever wow I, I i like like you were saying you know i believe that your mom is witnessing you in whatever realm she, she is now like for, from your experience of your mom and, and what others shared like what would what do you believe uh if she was like in this space with us like yeah. how, how would she acknowledge you or like what would she tell you about who you are today she would be one, I think she would be like, I knew it. 
like I knew you'd find it, right? Like I knew that I knew you just needed time. You just needed time to get to where you were inevitably always going to be, right? And um, because there was never with her, there was never a moment where she didn't believe in my happiness or my success. There was it was never it was never it never wavered, right? So I think the number one thing she would be would be like <clears throat> knew it. Right. And, and right. Knew you'd get there. And she would just be profoundly proud. You know, when she, uh, I read it, my mom adopted three children and uh, was a college English professor. And I got to read once a article that the college that she ro- worked at wrote about her right after she adopted a few of us. And um, she said, that all I want my kids to do, she's like, I don't care what they do. I just want them to be happy, loving and productive. And she said that, you know, when we're like two and three. And so I've always felt like that's all I need to do, right? That is to be happy, check, loving, check, and productive, check. And so I think she would be like, they're doing exactly what I, specifically James in this instance, is doing exactly what I hoped for him. And she'd be proud, but I think number one, she'd be like, "Mm, knew it. Number two would be proud. And um yeah so like once again like i i feel she's with me i feel she's along the journey with me um but yeah i think those are the it would be in that order oh you know james and i just when we first connected you shared that story and just it's so interesting i'm learning when you are in when you're present to the now, to the moment, like the wisdom, the love, the support, the guidance that you need is there. And a few days before we connected, I, I, I told you before, and I'll share again, how I like called my mom like five yeah. to seven times and just was like, cool things were happening in my life. I was in the process of moving some awesome, just career things. And I really just wanted to fill her in. And the last time that we talked that day, I was like, mom, like one day you aren't just going to be a call away. Like this has just been the norm for almost 31 years of my life. Most of those years. Uh, And my mom was like, you know, that's why it is so important for us to enjoy this to enjoy like the the aliveness and the relationships and the moments that we do have Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we you know we talked um you know this summer i had one of the most incredible experiences of my entire life um through our camps and our programs through our organization here i met this kid um a number two twenty sixteen fifteen in that range and uh we became facebook friends you know after camp whatever and his aunt reached out to me and was like i see you met my nephew and she graduated high school with my mom like it was in my mom's class which was really cool and we've gotten to talk over the years and she's got to introduce me to other people who knew my mom because my mom was sick for a long time so there's parts of um growing up with a sick parent you don't always get to reap the benefits of seeing the the, the their essence right their full essence you get to see glimpses but not necessarily on full display so hearing other people tell stories about my mom was always really cool well then this year i gotta go they invited me to my mom's 50th high school reunion right she she's not there right she passed away 15 years ago but i gotta go to my mom's 50th high school reunion and meeting people who knew my mom before us right before right gotta know deborah before deborah the mom gotta know deborah the the friend deborah the actress deborah the performer deborah the prankster um i've not felt that connected to my mom as in such a long time right Mm. because you got to hear these stories about oh here's a funny thing she did or here you know she was so smart or she was so whatever and you got to hear she was like a part a full life real uh human again right and Mm -hmm. you know 
And unfortunately for my siblings and I, you know, we got to see our mom um, growing up. You know, she was in the hospital a lot, right? She wasn't always a full, healthy person. Not that she wasn't loving and not our mom, but, you know, you got to hear people tell stories about her before all of that. And it was so powerful and it was so impactful and it reminded me just so much of the power of one the here and now it also reminded me of the power of remembering people and it also reminded me of the power of how we get to through people connect with other people and um these people didn't know me i was they didn't know me they knew my mom 50 years ago, <laughs> right? And I'm um, her oldest son. And they sat down and would talk to me and tell me stories and meet with me. And and it's like, that's who I want to be in 50 years. I want to be that person, right, who can connect with people and still make people feel amazing through stories and experiences. You know, I had my 20-year reunion this year. So the dichotomy of seeing seeing here's people at their 50th who they said to each other, this could be the last time that we're all together mm. to go to my 20th and be like, we still got decades more time. It just reminded me of how I want to treat people who I want to be. Right. And I want to be that person 30 years from now when I'm at my 50 year reunion that I can still look at people and, and have authentic, meaningful, beautiful relationships. And, you know, I hope that nobody has to go through it, go, go to their fifth or my 50 year reunion because their parents are no longer there. I would not wish that upon anybody, but if that were to happen, I would hope that I could sit down with somebody and be like, your, your parent was amazing. Cause that's what happened to me. And it was just one of the most profound cool beautiful experiences i've ever had in my entire life it was empathy on display it was compassion on display it was the human experience on display and um a, a sort of love that you don't see every single day but the world needs more of and so i'm like oh that's what i'm gonna do that's me now mm. <laughs> You know, in, in that setting, James, were there, because you just talked about there was like such deep connection. Do you believe that a lot of people in that setting had have similar life experiences and beliefs like you, or was there a very like different group? I think the through line was love. I think they loved my mom. They knew my mom loved me. So therefore they loved me. Mm. Right? Like I, I th to me that was that was the vibe in the room. It was deep, mm. profound, unconditional love. Mind you, I'm a stranger to these people. They have they have no obligation to sit and talk with me about anything. I'm somebody's kid that they went to high school with 50 years ago. 50 years. They have no obligation to talk to me. And they sat down and did. And and so many people just being like, oh, your mom would be so proud of you. She'd be so happy you're here. We loved her. Right? And so it just, you know, my mom used to tell me all the time that, like, our hearts are big enough to love people we've never met. Wow. Right? And that was, like, kind of her way with adoption right because we were adopted right she didn't know us we were strangers but she's like no james our hearts are big enough to love people we've never met and that was on full display that night can you repeat that one more time yeah our hearts are big enough to love people that we've never met and that that my mom used to tell me that all the time and not that I forgot it, but I, I feel like that was one of those life lessons that kind of got tucked away in the summer. It really reemerged for me because I got to see it. These people had once again, they, they, didn't, they didn't know me. They didn't know me. They had no obligation 
to make me feel loved. It could have been like, hey, dude, who are you? Oh, your mom was this person? Oh, she was cool. I'm going to go get meatballs now. <laughs> right? But they, they took time to talk with me and tell me about my mom. They didn't have to do it. Mm. So it was beautiful. Yeah. Do you feel like a changed person because of that experience? hundred percent. hundred percent. I, when I left, I've one, I've not felt that connected to my mom in such a long time. So that was cool. But also it just, it showed me who I want to be as a person. It showed me who I wanted to be. And I think we all need reminders sometimes. Right. And, and, uh, We've talked about this phrase, um, arrive curious, leave inspired, which is outside the Gates Foundation in in Seattle, arrive curious, leave inspired. And I've loved that, those four words. And that day showed me arrive curious. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to leave. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this. There are going to be a bunch of people who are 68 years old who went to high school with my mom. What are we even going to talk about? And they talked about my mom they talked about life they were curious um and i left inspired and it was hands down one of the top five best experiences i've ever had in my entire life oh my gosh james there's just so much that's like flooding my mind right now about that um i want to share two aloud so i don't forget and and the first around arrive curious leave inspired you know i'm just thinking about the the friendship hang one of my best friends is visiting in town and two of his good friends are visiting and i'm like you know what i can totally bring that intention to that because i know my best friend his two other friends we met once you know and there could be a little anxiety tomorrow i'm having like a day long date with this awesome guy and it's our second time hanging you know and i'm like you know what because i'm used to bringing these type of intentions to a keynote to a work setting to a podcast but i i'm i'm like you know most of my life is is spent in the day-to-day relations with people so it's like how how can I bring that more? Because it's not really setting these so strict and rigid expectations. There's so much space for possibility. And and I can be curious. Like that's like something that I can't commit to. Right? It it it's I practice it when I meet with kids, right? Arrive curious, leave inspired. Check my preconceived notions at the door. Check them at the door. Arrive curious, leave inspired. And I think if you live that, you're it's just such a rich way to be. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just like, okay, so, so so much of what you said right now, it's bringing me back to a thing that I've been reflecting on for probably the last 90 days. And the question is, how does true change happen? You know, I grew up in a conservative farm town, Fresno, Madera, between San Francisco and L.A. I live in L.A. right now, in Santa Monica, and I'm surrounded mostly by a very liberal community, you know, and... I mean, it's all, it's amazing. Like when you, when you're just having conversations with people that agree with you and that see eye to eye. And I know it's important to be around those affirming communities. And I'm like, but how can true change happen? How can a bridge be built? You know, what, what, what is the through line that connects us all? And as you're sharing this experience of these people didn't have to connect with you, you didn't know them before, you know, they were different, but it was this bridge of love, this through line of love that was brought to light through the story of your mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They went to high school. They went to high school with my mom and my mom's son. That was that's it, right? The Venn diagram is my mom, right? And 
they chose. They made a choice. You say, how does change happen? I believe that change happens in tiny moments. I think, I think it is. One of my colleagues, David, um, presented this concept to me, and I've used it with everything. And it was bite snack meal, right? And it was really about website design, right? Like, is your website content on your web page is it a bite? Is it a snack or is it a meal? And um, just in terms of the breadth of content, right? Mm. And so, like, bite, bite is obviously so small, snack a bigger, meal yep. yep. big. 100%, right? And I've used that with, I've been working with students on project planning. Bites are like, what can you do right now? Snacks are, what can you do in a short period of time? Meals are the big things, right? And then I've added Crock-Pot, which is legacy, which isn't going to happen right away. But if we, mm. like a Crock-Pot, you, you put everything in it, you chip away at it over time, you tend to it over time, and you know inevitably it's going to get there, right? Um, and I think change starts with bites and snacks because a lot of bites and snacks can add up to a whole meal right and i i always compare it to costco right the sample people the the unsung heroes of our universe right like <laughs> yes right and they don't give you the entire chicken bake they give you a bite they give you a snack right and then you go to the next one and then you get something there and then you go to the next one and you get something there before long, you've had a whole meal, right? And so I think change is exactly the same way. I think we look at change as this big, enormous meal, and it can be intimidating, and it can be intimidating, and so we back away from it. I think if we look at the world as bites and snacks, the entire thing at my mom's 50th thing was nothing but bites and snacks. Hey, I'm going to go tell you this quick story about your mom. Cool. Next, next person, I'm going to tell you this quick story about your mom. It wasn't this big thing. It wasn't a parade. It wasn't, hey, we're going to sit James down and have these. It was, hey, I see this guy standing there. Let me go talk to him. Oh, your mom was Deborah Lehman? Oh, well, let me tell you something about that. Like, change starts with bites and snacks. It's the small things, right? And we all need to just be Costco sample people in the real world, right? And and I think that's where change comes from, right? Because it's digestible. We can process it. We we can we can do it right um and people during the holidays make these big elaborate meals and they spend all day spend they spend eight to ten hours cooking something that's going to be eaten in 25 minutes and then cleaned up for three hours right like welcome to the holidays that's so overwhelming that's so overwhelming but bites and snacks yo i got that so i think we just need to make like our own like charcuterie boards, whatever they're called, right? Like, which is basically lunchables. They're basically lunchables for adults. Um, like, like bites and snacks is where it's at, y'all. And I just think that that's, I think that's where change comes from. I think that's where relationships come from. I think that's where love comes from. It's the small things that we can do intentionally. Oh, James, like, I'm so empowered hearing that because. I have so many small moments in my day with myself, with others. I have a certain sphere of influence that's different than yours, than my mom's, than, you know, the friends I'm going to hang out later today. So it's just like so important to remember that because there's been many times as I lead work around living the most free so you can reach your highest potential and make the impact you're here to make in this life. And I, I, I sometimes forget before I got to a place that I do feel really free and I'm really clear on my purpose. Like it was those small moments, the small person who, uh, not small person, the amazing person who held space for small moments when I was saying, Hey, I'm a gay man. Or that, that, that day that my, one of my best friends, Jenna just like stood up as a cheerleader for me when I led a, a, a talk for a smaller group of people. Like it's, I really want to reflect back of like all the, the the smaller moments in my life that compounded, that gave me the affirmation in a safe space. 
pretty much people believed in me in the small moments before I believed in myself. And now I have those memories that I hold on to. And now I've created glimmers. Yes. It is those glimmers that like now I am creating like those on my own where like this morning I woke up and I was like, Luca, like I really love you. Like, I love you so much. And, and saying that like that is so was before this year was so foreign to me, but it's the compound effect of the glimmers has just ignited this confidence and gratitude and peace within me that I have access to connect to. Yeah. Yep. Bites and snacks that up to a meal. And, and I just, that's, I just believe that to my core and Costco makes a killing on doing that. Right. And, and when I ask kids all the time, like who's the most important Costco employee. And I get that the sample people aren't technically Costco employees. I get that. But every, the kids immediately say the sample person. There's a lot of, there's a lot of beauty in what they do. Right. And, and I talk all the time. But sometimes people make a beeline for the sample table. Sometimes people are like, nope, not today. And sometimes people don't act like they don't really want the sample. And then they like go around the aisle two or three times. And then they finally like reluctantly are like, okay, now I want it, even though they wanted it the entire time. I think that's our world. Some days we're going to have people who are all about what we're doing. Some days we're going to have people who are like, nope, not today. Okay. And then some days we're going to have some people who are, really are about it but they might not act like it right away but they really are like okay i'm here for it right and the costco sample people they don't get wound up they do what they do they stay the course their heart rates don't get above 38 right like they're the most docile human beings on the planet and i think we all can learn something from that wow i i just appreciate how you (laughs) created this just like digestible example that i believe a lot of people can relate to and i i was reading something on instagram the other day and as it hit me from the perspective as a youth motivational speaker and as i'm slowly growing my business there's moments where i like i'm so clear that i am here today to be the role model that i wish i had as a child as a teen as an adult like i i know i'm here to help people uh step into their butterfly and Growing up, needing the external validation to be confident, to know the next step to take, I'm in a constant practice of, yes, I want to listen to the outside world, but I don't want the outside world to dictate what I'm doing every single day. And I love what you just said about the Costco employees, because they're just doing what they, they're, they're there to do. And it, it reminds me like, Luca, keep doing what you know to do what you were hired on this earth to do. And some people will love to hear about it one day. Next day, they may be having a bad day. There may be people that never want Costco samples and never want to change or listen to you. And there's that acceptance. And then there's the people that are open to it that need to be invited or asked or shown like, Hey, this is an offering. This is something that you can eat. This is something that you can experience. And some people need to watch other people try it and then say, you know what? Okay. They're enjoying it. Maybe I can too. Right. And I just think that there's life and I, maybe I just want Costco to like sponsor me in life, but I just think there's a <laughs> lot of like life lessons and leadership there. Right. There's so much beauty in that. Right. And I just love that they don't get mad when people don't want it, right? They just say, you know what? It's not for them today or in this or in this moment, but I'm going to keep doing what I do. And I think we all can learn something from that. James, I have two more questions for you. One of the ones is 
something that you're so passionate about and you've shared it to a group and someone wasn't ready to change. Have you had that experience? All the time. All the time. I, you know, one of my big phrases that I talk about all the time is kids these days. Because I think we hear people say kids these days with all this negative stuff at the end. But I'm a firm believer that we could say kids these days and be like, yo, kids these days. And look at the amazing things that they're doing, right? And they, how brave they are, how capable they are, how talented they are, how funny they are, how whatever. Sometimes I, 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 I believe that to my core, to my core. But I've had people, when I've said that, be like, I disagree with you. Okay, you can disagree with me. Like, okay. Like, who am I to tell you what to think or feel? I believe it, though. I believe it. And, and I've just have learned that, you know, some people are going to take it and be like, that made sense. And some people are going to be like, mm, not for me probably more will than won't and cool but here's the thing i think no matter what they believe of it the next time they hear it they're going to think about what we said (laughs) right good 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 bad or indifferent they're going to be like oh yeah that guy mentioned kids these days and i just heard it again hmm there could be a pause there Look at that. There could be a new curiosity and it's like, you don't know the seeds that you're planting. You know, you don't know that. I needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and it's not for me to tell you, you know, one of my good friends, her name's Fernell. She says all the time, people, people are never late. They're always right on time. Right. And, and I think that that's a hundred percent true. Maybe today is not the day for that to connect with you okay, maybe it takes five years. And then you're like, you know what? Kids these days are pretty dope. You're never late. You're always right on time. And so I don't expect whatever I, whenever I do a keynote, whenever I do a presentation, maybe today's just not that day for that to connect with them. Okay. Maybe it never will happen. Okay. But people aren't late. They're always right on time for everything and anything. Wow. You know, and it just reminds me that it's so important for me and each of us to be clear on, like, why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, like the thing like that 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 drives me, that makes me feel so alive. Because if I'm doing something to get the affirmation or the validation, like some days it could be there, some days it can't, and I can't let that dictate the step that that that, that I'm taking forward. Um, yeah, that's uh thanks James for just expressing that. Of course. Yeah, so the last question I have for you is imagine you were talking to your 19-year-old self who mm-hmm. you shared about earlier in this conversation. Why would your 19-year-old self yeah, I, I think this this is like, why would your 19-year-old self be so proud of you today? Or, or, or is it like, why are you so proud of your 19-year-old self? What's the, what, what, what? Mm. Here's the, well, let me answer both because I think both have validity. Why am I currently proud of James at 19? Because he went through stuff that he needed to go through. He needed to be challenged. He needed to be uh, knocked off his pedestal a little bit, not in a negative way, but he needed to get some dirt, some dirt on his hands and whatever. Right? Like he needed, he needed to figure out who he was. And I and I think, um, newsflash, I have a stubborn streak in me, right? And sometimes I'm not willing to learn things until they hit me in the face and say, you need to learn this. Right. And just cause sometimes I'm not, I'm not ready in that moment to accept it. James needed that. So I'm proud of 19 year old James for sticking with it and, 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 and being bold enough to not quit, um, being stubborn enough sometimes not to quit. And, and, and no matter what 19 year old James went through, um, not losing 
the zest for I'm going to find that smile, right? 19-year-old James looking at 38-year-old James would be like, he bet on himself. He bet on himself. And he knew his worth. He added tax to that. And he chased what makes him feel alive. And lives in a way of no regrets. I make mistakes, but I but I don't have like these big global regrets, right? And and um, I nineteen year old James will be proud that thirty eight year old James bets on himself and gets to live the coolest life ever, the coolest life ever. And nineteen year old James would look at thirty eight year old James and be in awe, in awe. James, thank you for letting me be a small part of your cool life. You're a part of my cool life. Like we're a part of each other's cool life. Like we that's the gift that we all have for each other. Mm, wow. Thanks again for this this conversation. Gosh, my I'm smiling ear to ear and my heart is overflowing. Oh, what an honor. Thank thanks for having me.